Hi guys, have you struggled with developing your research questions for your study? If so, worry no more. This episode is just for you, my friend. Let's dive in. Hi guys, welcome to the grad school for grown folks, the podcast, <laughs> you're in the right place. I had to think about it for a second. I'm your host, Dr. Tanya Vetter. Some people call me Dr. V. Some people call me Tanya. Some people don't call, call me at all. Well, hello guys. We're talking about one of those great topics. Actually, it's one of the topics I geek out on. And I think I actually geek out on this topic because it's a part of making sure your study is in alignment, right? So if you don't have research questions, you don't have a study. Bum, bum, bum. (laughs) Right? So today, let's talk about developing those research questions. You know, it's so interesting to me. When I was in my program, I had an amazing mentor and um, chair who literally back, well, it wasn't that long ago, but you know, I feel it feels like it was a long time ago. But anyway, when she started working with me in 2000, 2017, she really, she really took to heart her relationship with me as my chair. She really did. And I don't see that happening now. Um, I think there's a group of professors in, in uh, dissertation chairs who actually believe that if they help you with um, guiding you on how to best develop your research questions, that for some reason it's unethical. They believe it's unethical. And actually, I think it's it's a part of their job. It's being a chair. Well, I do not remember learning a lot about how to develop research questions in any of my courses. I just don't remember it. So my argument is always, well, if your chair doesn't work with you on how to do that effectively, who is going to be the person to show you? Because I tell you what, we don't just ordinarily know how to develop research questions on our own. And so, yeah, I mean... There are a couple of things that I will tell you, and I'm going to share them today. There are a couple of things that are really distinctive uh, characteristics about what your quantitative questions should look like or should and should have and what your uh, qualitative should and should have. But the, the thing is, you won't ordinarily just know that just because it's Tuesday and your name is Susie, <laughs> right? That is something someone actually has to tell you. So what is the big deal about research questions? Well, number one, you don't have a study. If you don't have your research questions, they are, um, in my opinion, the most important element of your study next to your participants, uh, and your instrument and of course your theoretical framework so all of these things is what um, it's what we affection or what we affectionately call alignment um, and so one of the things I think that is super annoying is that a lot of times the committee 
um, or the chair, more importantly, would tell students their their study is not in alignment. However, they really don't know how to show you what that means. Like I've had clients come to me and <laughs> one particular client, he was really uh, embarrassed by it. But he said, you know, doc, I don't know what this means. What, what he said, what is a theoretical framework? And what does alignment mean? They keep telling me it's not an alignment. What does that mean? Um, and I told him, you know, you know what, here's the thing. Don't be embarrassed by it because the truth is, I think the professors know what it is in their mind, but few are able to articulate it in a way that others can also understand what it means. So that is why research alignment is like absolutely one of my favorite things to really probe around and dig in and discover more about. And I just love it. It's one of the things I really pride myself in learning more about and I love I love working through uh, the research design and my clients and making sure that they have the components to make sure that their research is definitely in alignment so let's talk about your research questions first of all there are some very basic simple things you need to know when you approach your research question this is not the time to become super uh, complicated you do need to know it is not going to be a yes or no deal look guys I am blown away when I actually see dissertations in the database that actually have yes or no questions as research questions. I'm like, wait, what is happening here? (laughs) So your question definitely needs to be open-ended and arguable. Like it, look, that is the easiest rule to, to remember, you know. Um, I like the fact that um, your quantitative should have, um, you know, a set of rules. It's, you know, I say rules, about three. But with qualitative, of course, it's a little more flexible and you have a gray area. But the bottom line is this. You still will not have a yes or no question, period. Um, You know, one of the other things students worry about quite a bit is the number of questions you need to keep in mind some of you smarty pants (laughs) out there the more questions you have then remember you're going to make your study uh that much more i don't even know if i can say this without getting tongue-tied but you know the more questions you have the more difficult you make your study basically because you have to make sure you address those questions and tie it back to um, your theoretical framework. And you have to find an instrument that also uh, aligns with every single question, right? So just keep that in mind. And also keep in mind that quantity does not equal quality, all right? So you definitely want to keep that in mind. Um, Remember, you know, on your qualitative side, you're not going to be asking, you know, why? Because remember, that's quantitative. Okay, so there are some very distinctive um, characteristics of quantitative research and qualitative research questions. Um, As a matter of fact, I have there is a I think it's a 15 for 15. It's $15. I think it's like $15. There's a quick 18 minute 
workshop and strategies, not even a workshop, maybe, yeah, I guess workshop feels like, I could could say workshop, but anyway, it's like 18 minutes. There's um, a workshop that I have on our website and it's like 15 bucks, but it gives you the break, like an easy strategy for you to use to quickly develop your research questions. And the reason is it shouldn't take all day. And it shouldn't overwhelm you because there are some key components actually in your study that you should be using to develop those research questions. And that's what I show my um, my clients. Hey, I don't need to do it for you. You have access to everything you need right here in your paper. Let me show you where to go to to get it. So if you want to head on over to a dissertation doctor, that's dissertation doctor, D-R dot U-S. And um, it's like less than $15. I think it's right at 15 bucks. It's worth the money if you struggle with the research questions, my love. You will never struggle with it again. Once you see it, you're like, okay, I got this down pat and you're done. You know, because here's the thing. One of the things I've noticed is, first of all, your chair has to approve those research questions. And this is why I think this is worth understanding. You got to know the difference between quantitative and qualitative research questions. Understand that there is a difference. And some of you, just because you have a quantitative study, you don't have to have seven and eight questions, guys. Like, this is ridiculous. You really do not have to have seven and eight and ten. This is like... Your topic is not even uh, developed enough for that. Actually, some of you are talking about topics that are still in its infancy. So why would you have so many questions like that's Some of it is like it's not it doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. Save some of that for after you graduate. That is going to be my suggest suggestion. Just save it for after graduation. All right. But the bottom line with their quantitative question is the questions must align with the connection and the variables mentioned in your paper. You must be very clear on that on the quantitative side. That is one rule you cannot break. (laughs) So in your questions, I should see the connection between the variables that you have mentioned in your paper. Now, on the qualitative side. You can have a little more fun because some universities want you guys to have a central question and then sub-central questions. Um, And it really depends on the university. It depends. It really, really, really depends. But here's the thing. I love my personality, uh, my qualitative personality people, but I really have to watch them. (laughs) I love you, beautiful, qualitative personality folks you're so passionate but here's the thing guys these questions have to be neutral they cannot kind of sometimes guide your your participants to think a certain way because one of the things I find with my qualitative clients is their idea about their study is so personal you know, um, you know, it's about their lives. There's a there's a personal connection to it. And, you know, my husband, this my wife, that there's all this icky stuff that comes with it, the baggage that comes with it, that it shows up in the research questions. You definitely want to uh, watch out for that. And I'm going to tell you, if your chair sees that they're not going to approve your questions, this is why this topic is absolutely important. <laughs> 
it's worth 15 bucks if you struggle with it because if your research questions are not approved then you will not move on you're still held up it buys you know it's you're, you're stalled okay so keep that in mind your questions on the qualitative side they must be neutral don't guide your participants to a conclusion you can't do that guys all right so this is one of the things you really gotta look out for but here's the easy thing about qualitative you know that there is a central phenomenon that you're looking into period you know mine was uh, mindfulness in teacher stress i knew i was looking at mindfulness and the um whether or not it was impactful or effective or influenced uh, teacher stress you know I, I knew that going in so it was very clear it wasn't murky you know so if you can't see that in your question if I look at your question and I can't tell what's going on right again it should connect with key elements in your paper then you probably need to restructure redevelop um, and work out the kinks in your research questions all right i know that was a lot <laughs> i know that was a lot but this is a yummy topic now let's talk about some of the common questions um that we get asked so one of the things is always of course about the number talk to your chair about that and if i were you on the qualitative side i would not go over three questions on the qualitative side Maybe four, depending on what your theoretical framework is and all the complexities of what you're measuring and all that good stuff. But I think three is a uh, is a good number. Some people go to two and call it a day. All right. The other question oh, on the quantitative side, I really don't know. It, that's honestly where I've seen the most ridiculous number of questions. I just. I just don't get it. So <laughs> check with your chair and find out where the threshold is. I can just in my brain. I'm like, I, I don't know that I would want to read that much about anybody's study. That has eight questions. It just seems anyway, obnoxious. Okay. So number two, the other question we commonly get is, can I change the research questions after I've been approved by the IRB. And it really depends on what you're changing in your research question. Like if you're changing, uh, you know, it, your central phenomenon, <laughs> that will be a problem. <laughs> yeah. So I always say go to your chair because your chair is going to guide you. You probably will have to do an addendum depending on what you're changing just depends um but if it's like semantics it's not a huge deal nah you probably won't have to fill out an addendum but that is something let me tell you research questions are sacred so before you change anything in your research questions it's research questions in your title that are sacred i've learned with chairs so before you do that you need to and method of course but you need to definitely check with your chair. The last one is usually, of course, who should help me with my research questions? That's a loaded question because truthfully, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, if you don't know about how to develop research questions and you haven't been taught, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and that's something that has to be 
you know, taught. You have to be shown and guided those things. And in my opinion, that is not cheating. That is being an excellent chair. Um, and so, yeah, your your dissertation chair actually should be the one who's helping you do that because they inevitably are going to be the one who approves them or not. Now, of course, I always like to say dissertation doctors, we're like a huge dissertation chair. Not meaning the company is huge, but <laughs> our support is definitely huge. And so that's our job. We operate as a chair, a company that's a chair. Um, and we do what a committed chair would do. So if you don't have that support that you think you need on a university level and you want us to really take a look at your research questions and look at your theoretical framework and your um, the different components that should work together and um, align your study, definitely reach out to us. You all know where we are, dissertation doctors. Look, you know what I say, you decided to do this. And so I believe you should be well supported while you're doing it. Um, and, and I understand with the change in times and how busy all of the universities are because it's a numbers game to them. Dissertation doctors definitely want to make sure that you have what you need so you can get to the finish line. You know, I am blown away and sad that, um, you know, there's one particular university so caught up in numbers we've gotten our clients um ahead of them and caught up because our clients you know they stayed on their writing schedule and all of those good things but then it's like the chairs because they're behind it causes everybody else to sit and it's almost like you're standing in traffic right so imagine standing in traffic not knowing that your research questions are not even correct. So not only are you standing in traffic and killing time and waiting, but you're standing in traffic, killing time, waiting with undeveloped, incorrect uh, research questions and no support, only to get to the front of the line for them to tell you, no, this isn't correct. <laughs> Go back, do it again, and then get back in line. I don't know. For some reason, it feels like a DMV, right, situation. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. Dissertation doctors is definitely here to stand in the gap to help those who need that additional chair support because that's essentially what we offer to get you to the finish line. See you guys on the other side and see you in your cap and gown.